Good evening. Well, good morning when you're listening to this. Unless, I don't know. I don't know when you're listening to this. Hi, guys. Welcome to the best podcast that you have ever listened to in your entire life that sounds like it would all be about, you know, adult topics because of the name, but it's not usually. So, welcome. Hi, welcome back. Happy Monday if you're listening on a Monday. If you're not, it's okay to be late. I understand. What's up, guys? I miss doing the podcast. It's literally been a week, but I have missed it because that means that I haven't spoken to myself out loud. In, no, that's not true. I'd make YouTube videos twice a week. I talked to myself then. <laughs> I'm waiting for like a response from you guys. Um, like while I'm sitting here, I'm like, how are you guys? I'm expecting for someone to say something back. Um, I don't think I can process just yet that it's it's literally just me talking to myself in my room and me shutting all the doors in my house and being like, family, please don't be loud right now. Please just let me have this time. I don't know how long, but please don't enter into my vicinity. And that includes my cat, which is really hard to do. Um, Clementine, for all of you guys who know about my cat. I love her so fucking much. I can't, I, I not understand that I fully sound like one of those crazy cat people, but uh, Clementine is the best thing to happen to me in 2021, even though I got her at the end of 2020. Um, you know what? I am going to address something very quickly. Not that it needs to be addressed or anything, but I feel sometimes some sense of guilt because I don't feel like everyone, that's something I'm trying to work on is explaining myself a little bit less in my life, um, especially to the internet because my life in real life and the internet are very different separate entities and things. Um, but someone asked like why I didn't talk about my other cat who passed away pre oh my god if someone is like new listening to this podcast they're like she's gonna be talking about her dead cat literally i just started listening to this episode and she's talking about her dead cat yeah suck it up um no so uh my cat of 17 years missy mr missy he did pass away um back in october and a lot of people not a lot a few people were like why didn't you talk about him the way that you talk about clementine why didn't she post pictures or anything like that listen guys um clementine is my cat missy was like my family cat i went to college and he was my parents cat so when i came back home um and moved back he was old he was like a little raisin and if he was awake during the day and wanted to be around us, we were lucky. <laughs> and I was around him, but I just didn't obsessively post pictures about him because I my cat was dying. <laughs> like In the nicest way possible, I mean this with all sincerity, I loved my cat so dearly, but I was just not going to exploit my dying cat on the internet. Whereas Clementine is young and fresh and she can be exploited all she wants because guess what? She's an influencer herself. I'm completely kidding. But my point is, is that I didn't take photos of my cat very often because I was literally at college. Um, and so when I was, you know, living at home and I was in high school and middle school and stuff, I posted pictures of my cat all the time. And I miss Missy so much. And I would think that Clementine and Missy would have been besties um, if Missy were still here. But... I don't know why I needed to give a disclaimer about my cat is who is no longer alive, but um, I don't want anyone to get it twisted and think that, you know, I didn't care about my cat. I just didn't live here. Anyway, hi guys. <laughs> 
what a way to start the podcast, you know? That's that's also how I cope with, like, sad things is humor. Um, I'm feeling a lot better about my cat's death. Thank you for asking. Um, today's episode, I kind of wanted to touch on, not kind of touch on, it's the whole topic of this video. Podcast, not video. Podcast. Um, get it together, Nicole. I wanted to talk about health and getting your health together and taking your health actually seriously for, you know, once in your life if you're a person who has never done this. Because I know that there are some listeners who are listening and they're like, shit, she's referring to me. I'm the person who hasn't gone to the doctor in a few years. I'm the person who doesn't really listen to my body. Uh, I've been avoiding getting that one thing checked out. Uh, don't really do anything intuitively. Um, I'm looking at you. But I'm also kind of with you because I was once in the same boat as you. And I'm still trying to get out of that boat. And the reason that this came to mind this week to talk about is because I am a person who... I, and, and I used to say that I have a lot of health issues. And I am now at a point in my life where I refuse to say that I have a lot of health issues. I refuse to think that. Even if on paper you may think I have a ton of health issues... I refuse to say that I do because I feel like a healthy person and I refuse to see myself as less. And I'm saying that because I used to think of myself as an unhealthy person because of all these things that I was diagnosed with. And then inherently, I would feel sick, more sick than usual. Um, the other day, I brought up on my podcast with my friend Jake, which comes out on Tuesdays. I saw your Twitter. Are you okay? You guys should listen to it. But I brought up uh, something about my fibromyalgia. I basically have fibromyalgia, which is a chronic pain illness. And I don't talk about it much anymore. And he actually pointed that out. And he was like, oh, I haven't heard you talk about that in a really long time. And I was like, yeah, because I realized that the less I talk about it and the less that I think about it, uh, the less I notice it. And the better that it is. And it is so entirely true. And this episode is not going to be all about, you know, chronic illnesses and invisible illnesses or anything like that. Um, but I have just decided to take charge of my health, especially in the last year. And I really hope that this episode will encourage at least one person to either go to the fucking doctor, um, take their health more seriously, whether that's what they're putting into their body, or if it's um, some form of exercise or mental health, whatever it may be that has to do anything on the health spectrum, I'm hoping that at least one person takes this podcast episode to heart and will do something about it. Because I wish that someone shook me a few years ago and was like, take your health seriously. What's that one Grimes song? It's it's literally her most popular song, um, Oblivion, but in it, she says, girl, you better watch your health. Um, and I know that, that the context is not the same, but what I'm trying to say is that, girl, you better watch your health. So the reason, and I'm not just talking about COVID-19 here, okay? As much as I want to talk about COVID and taking things seriously. It is extremely exhausting as a person who has been taking things extremely seriously since the start of it and has been so deathly afraid of this all because of the potential risk of some of my family members dying if they got it. It's very tiring to continuously talk about it on my social media when I feel like 
um, the people who are going to listen are going to listen and the people who don't want to listen aren't going to listen anyway. So, um, that this episode isn't solely about COVID, but of course, stop hanging out with your friends, stop being an asshole, take it this extremely seriously. There's new variants going around. Uh, start wearing two masks, if not three or layers, um, and stay home especially this weekend, because there is a whole ass winter storm advisory if you're on the East Coast, and I'm living for it. I love the snow. Anyway, so this all kind of started my whole health journey began, I believe I was around the age of maybe like seven, I from what my mom is saying, like five, six, seven, where I started complaining that I was in pain um, everywhere, like all the time I was constantly complaining about it. And she would take me to different doctors and they would all say the same thing, that it is just growing pains. There's nothing wrong with me. They would refuse to send me for testing, even though I was complaining that I was in pain. As a child, I had headaches all the time. Um, and it was just very, very, very abnormal and unusual. So it wasn't until I got to, oh God, I was in middle school, I believe, where I finally went to a rheumatoid, is that correct? A, oh my God, a remediologist? Is that a remediologist? I might sound really stupid. Um, yeah, I think that's what it's called. Um, I essentially went to a doctor who specializes in pain, um, and it was at a very big hospital. I don't know if I want to say which one. Well, uh, no, they help a lot of other people. They just didn't help me. That's what I'm going to say on that. And this hospital basically told me that they can diagnose me and that I have an illness called amplified musculoskeletal pain syndrome, AMPS. And they told me that it will never get better. Um, but what I need to do is to start taking it by the balls, essentially, and making this illness my bitch. And this didn't help me, um, you know, saying this to a very young person, but they told me that there are people who have it so much worse than me, and they are in much worser conditions, and that I need to be taking this much more seriously um, and not treating it as if I am so, so ill, but in the sense that taking it seriously that... I don't have it that bad and just essentially kind of getting over it, but doing the necessary things to help me get over it, which was going to physical therapy weekly at this ginormous hospital that was far away from my home and paying an extensive amount of money that my insurance would not cover. And that was the only way that things would get better. My family and I didn't really see that as like an option for me, especially because my mom was a single mother and taking me to therapy and blah, 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 blah. Um, and we were just like, I, I don't feel like this is the end of the story. I feel like there are different ways for me to combat this pain and I am willing to try a lot of things, but uh, draining our wallets right now to drive to this physical therapist who says that I don't even have it that bad and isn't really listening to my pain is not something that I really want to do. It wasn't until I was in the eighth grade I found a neurologist who was willing to help me and essentially said, you have fibromyalgia, but let's not 
focus on the name of it. Let's not focus on all that. Let's focus on what your underlying issues are and let's tackle those and let's get you in for adjustments and physical therapy. And I went twice a week, which was a lot cheaper than going to this massive hospital in this major city. That doctor helped me so much and changed my life essentially. Um, And it was awesome. And I loved it. And I miss going. That doctor was great. I remember when he told me that him and his wife were having a baby. And I was so grossed out because I was like, those hands just cracked my neck. And those hands were in other places. Because um, you just made a baby recently. So that's... Anyway, that's where my mind was as an eighth grader. And anyway, great guy. I still see him from time to time if I need some help. Uh, specifically with my jaw. We'll get into that. (laughs) um, But uh, anyway, time came. I went to college and I could no longer go to this doctor anymore because I could not come home to go to my, you know, weekly, twice a week adjustments. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll figure it out. This was also a time where I was starting to lift Um, I was very big into going to the gym, and I felt like I had my health finally under control. I found a diet that works for me. And when I use the word diet, I don't mean a fad diet or like a six-week diet. That's not what I mean. I changed my diet. And by diet, I mean like from a, a nutritionist standpoint, my diet of food, what food I eat and what food I do not eat. So for me, example, it was a vegan plant-based diet. Um... And I found something that worked for me and helped me be my healthiest, as well as going to the gym and surprisingly going to the gym and doing these really hardcore exercises were helping me with my chronic pain illness. And I was in a significant less amount of pain than I was in before. For anyone who asks me or like DMs me like what really helped my fibromyalgia, the only thing that I can truly recommend for you is finding what food makes you feel best and most of the time it will be whole foods and less processed foods and additionally to that uh exercise and I hate to hear it I know it fucking sucks it sucks also when you're off the rails for however many months because we're in a pandemic and I can't have access to a gym anymore and I'm like I have to work out from home I get it I get it. It's tough. Uh, That's the last thing you want to hear. But with most chronic pain illnesses, some sort of movement is pretty much the only answer. So that is what helped me at the time. And then, of course, you get to a point where you fall off. Now, I already had an issue getting diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Let's just keep that in the back of our minds, okay? I realized that over year, the years, though over the past few years, especially in college, I have taken my health less and less and less seriously as time goes by. I have neglected a lot of parts of my health that are so important. I never considered going for therapy. And by therapy, I mean like mental health therapy, seeing a therapist, a psychologist. I never considered doing that because I was like, oh, no, no, I there's somebody who needs it more than me. I don't want to take away resources, especially when I was in college because there's limited resources. Um, even down to sleep, how important sleep is. I think back to a few years ago and I was sleeping like four hours a night, <laughs> every night. And 
I am just examining the things that I have been doing in my life for the last few years and thinking to myself, why as a person who struggled with your health so badly for so many years and finally got it to a point where you know where you peaked, you know what works for you, why would you let that go? Why would you just fumble the bag and go back to your old habits and ways that you know make you feel like shit? And the simple answer is, is because it's so easy to fall off. It just takes one little, little mistake for you to fall off and follow into a pattern where you are no longer taking care of yourself. It's one all-nighter, which then leads to a shitty sleep schedule for what was for me years. <laughs> for me, it's not taking my restrictions and my food allergies seriously and eating things I was allergic to for years because I was like, well, it's cheaper this way and well, I'm too lazy and thus now I have stomach issues. <laughs> it's it's my own fault and no one else to blame, but I was in tough conditions is what I'm trying to say. For any of my friends who have, and by friends I mean you guys, for any of my friends out there who are potentially in college or maybe on a low budget or living with family members who are not so accepting, you understand the struggle of wanting to eat a certain way and struggling to eat that certain way when it's not as accessible to you. That's how I was feeling in college. I had to debate between being vegan and gluten-free. I wanted to be vegan because morally I... I wanted to be vegan. Ethically, ethically, I wanted to be vegan. Additionally, I'm also already allergic to milk and eggs. But then I was like, well, I am severely allergic to gluten. Okay, sensitive to gluten because I know someone's going to be a hater and be like, you can't be allergic to gluten. It's only sensitive. I know. Extremely sensitive to gluten. And I had to basically choose between the two. And I was like, well, I'm going to follow my ethics. I'm going to be vegan. Um, I needed to be vegan and gluten-free. It, it's stupid. It, sound, it sounds shitty. I hate being that person who's like, is this vegan and gluten-free? But it's the only thing my body accepts, okay? And it made me feel a lot better when I found out that Billie Eilish was actually vegan and gluten-free. I was like, huh, there's more of us out there. But Billie Eilish had to come forth and say that she sometimes eats uh, burritos with wheat tortillas and how she feels like shit but you know what you know what I mean I felt some representation of us little gluten-free uh, annoying ass people out there we're not annoying it's not our fault I, it's not my fault that my intestines just cannot handle wheat that's besides the point I'm angry at my younger self for choosing options that were easier for other people or choosing options that were lazier and didn't care as much for myself because I am suffering the consequences now. And I wish that I could have just gone back in time and been like, it's cool to take care of your health. You think as a freshman, it's not cool to take care of your health. You think it's cool to not sleep. You think it's cool. And, and I wasn't even like really... For I know for a lot of people when they enter college, a big problem for them is like excessive drinking or drugs and that kind of stuff. Um, thankfully, that wasn't really an issue for me. Like I, I don't like look back on my college years and being like, I wish I would have drank less or I wish I didn't do drugs. Like that's 
personally was not an issue for me. I'm just angry at myself that I chose to eat bread when I knew it made me feel like shit because I was too afraid to ask my friends if we could eat at a different restaurant. Do you know what I mean? But that's not like the only thing that I'm talking about. So for anyone who is aware, um, I mean, I talk about it kind of often, but my mom was diagnosed with two cancers last year within like two weeks. You can understand how shocking this would be with a family history of no cancer. I don't want to get too crazy into it because it's not really my story to tell. I like to respect her and honor her wishes of obviously not airing out all of her business out on the internet. Um, But this was the first massive health thing to happen to my family that was like a massive shock and was really, really difficult for us to process. Um, Additionally, I rediscovered that I have health anxiety along with this all, which I'll get into. Seeing my mom go from the most independent person I have ever met in my entire life, she did not let anyone do anything for her ever, Um, so strong. When I'm telling you that this woman has calves of steel and biceps of thunder, if if that's even a thing to say, I mean it. Like, she is a strong-ass woman physically and mentally, and to see my mom be at the most weakest part of her life, and by weakest, I mean physically, not meant. I mean, it was a very, very hard time for her mentally, but I still never saw her as weak. I saw her as extremely strong. Um, To see my mom go through that all, uh, and knowing that that was the hardest part of her life, and I got to experience that with her... It was extremely difficult and it actually made my me see my mom as human for the first time ever because I think as people we tend to see our parents as not human or as they're people with their own lives like we see them as our parents and it's very strange to finally see someone that you love and is your mom actually be a real human being who's going through such a hard thing. So going through every single doctor's appointment with her, every single surgery, every, everything, literally everything, um, it really, really like shook me to my core. And then of course comes up the question, is this cancer genetic? So for anyone who is not aware, um, cancer can be genetic or it cannot be genetic, meaning that if it is genetic, um, because it was a little bit suspicious that she had two cancers at once. If it is genetic, uh, there is a chance that I would have it as well in the future, Um, especially this one specific gene for breast cancer, which is what my mom had. Um, I forget the specific. I believe it starts with an M. It could possibly not. I always say something starts with a certain letter and then it comes out to be like the letter B instead of M. But anyway, um, and that was definitely a fear because let's just say she did have this specific gene and she was positive, then likely that would mean that I would probably have to go through a mastectomy at some point in the next few years as well, just to prevent myself from having this cancer. Um, But luckily, my mom did take a genetic test and she is negative for all genetic cancers, which of course is so like relieving because that means that likely I don't have it now I mean I still probably should get tested because you know there's a whole other side to my family like I have a father 
believe it or not. But uh, so it was very relieving to know that this was not something that likely I had to go through. Um, But nonetheless, it's difficult because you're like, what caused this? Why are you sick? Why is this now an issue when you were a healthy person? But it also answered a lot of questions about so many other health issues that she had in her life. Um, But yes, anyway, that was just a very difficult time in my life to try and take care of my mom. And I'm very, very grateful. And I feel like I see the world very differently now, especially in 2021, because I know that like everyone was like, oh, you guys think that 2021 is going to be any better than 2020. Like the pandemic is still going on, obviously, like the nothing has gotten better. But for me personally, in my personal life, things have gotten so much better because my mom's treatment ended back in December. I feel like I am able to finally let go of what happened last year. And I was in a constant state of anxiety and stress. And I could never enjoy life because I was constantly in in severe anxiety, wondering what was going to happen next. What was going to go wrong next. Like you think one cancer is bad enough. Okay, well now you have another cancer and it's worse. It, it just constantly, like what is next? Do you know what I mean? There were so many nights that I was in the hospital late at night with my mom um, because she was having panic attacks um, due t- to all the stress, like all the sudden stress, especially before surgery and everything. Um, I... I'm being 100% serious when I say this, but there were nights that I thought my mom was going to die because of how bad things were literally getting. And (laughs) I was trying to pretend like everything was okay on the internet. Like I was really trying not to, because I didn't want to involve my family on the internet or our problems, especially because a lot of people did not know what was going on like with my mom. Like her friends or, you know, other extended family. Like we were not letting people know for a little bit. And, um, I was really trying to pretend like everything was okay. So I would be at the hospital. Like I would go to the hospital, like the emergency room 1am and I would get back at like 8am and I would take, I would go to sleep for like two hours and then I would finish editing my video and upload. Um, it's just really weird to like look back at that time in my life and pretend that I was I was really trying to put a smile out on the internet and that wasn't me trying to be fake but that was me trying to distract myself and like the one thing be happy in my life which was YouTube um and continuously kept me going and I didn't want to mesh those two worlds together like for example oh my god I had a mentor (laughs) in college who literally tried to, I I had to speak with this person, like I had weekly meetings with them and they tried to convince me to make a video with my mom during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, October, um, and talk about my mom's cancer. And I quote, because it would get a lot of views and it would make a good amount of money. And I should also reach out to another, to some brand who would like to sponsor me because it would make good money. And I was just like sick to my stomach. This was not my managers, by the way. Oh my God. Please don't think that this was my managers. My managers are lovely, amazing human beings and they would never, ever do that. They were the most understanding, caring people during this time of my life. But it was so hard for me (laughs) to understand why someone would want to essentially exploit my mom and think that I would do that. 
But anyway, my point is, is that I tried to separate those two worlds, especially because once I talked about it on social media that my mom had cancer, I, I was flooded with a lot of messages um, of, of people who I know they had good intentions behind it, um, but would comment on my post or DM me and start off a message by saying, Hey, Nicole, I saw that your mom has cancer. I just wanted to let you know my aunt also had breast cancer, but she died. Or, hey, Nicole, I saw that your mom has cancer. I just want to let you know that my mom also had cancer and then she got better. But then it came back really, really bad, like five years later, and then she died. I understand that these people have good intentions, but I'm telling you right now as a person and a daughter of someone who had cancer... For, the f for future reference, if you ever meet someone who tells you that their family member is going through cancer, just got diagnosed with it, going through treatment, whatever, don't say things like that. I say this with all love and respect. Don't say things like that to people who are dealing with cancer because it feels like shit, okay? <laughs> I get it. You have good intentions. It feels good to relate to someone else. Um, and you know, this is my own fault, but, uh, I came home from like my mom going through surgery and it, it was a very long surgery. I come home, I'm alone and I'm an anxious mess and I'm reading these DMs and I'm like spiraling because all I could think about is, oh my God, it's going to come back. Oh my God, she's going to, it's the worst feeling ever. And you know what? Sometimes it's good to just give support and a hug or a lending hand, but you don't have to say those kinds of things. And this is a part of my life when my health anxiety got really, really, really bad. So I realized that I had health anxiety, but it wasn't directly related to cancer. I'm not going to go into too specific of what my health anxiety is related to directly because it's very personal and it's very niche, I feel like. I, I hate to, to categorize this as niche or anything, but um, it's a very specific thing that I have severe anxiety over. And it's very hard for me to relate to other people about. Um, maybe one day I'll talk about it on the internet, perhaps. Uh, but I just don't think I'm ready to right now. Um, but I'm just going to say that it led to me being very, very obsessive and obsessive is the, the perfect word to, to describe it as, um, to the point where it was like controlling my life. And it involved a lot of people around me that I would pull into this, specifically the closest people around me. Um, for example, I was with my best friend, Kaylee, because um, she was helping me move out of my apartment and she was like there while I was having one of my episodes and bless her heart because she is so amazing at keeping me calm and collected. Um, but that was like one of the first people to be able to see in person, like what one of these episodes look like when I get very obsessive about this thing. Um, my boyfriend, Adam was completely supportive of me throughout the entire thing. Um, and I feel like now at a, I'm at a point in my life where it's gotten a lot better. Uh, it lasted for over half a year. And, and it's been something that's been ongoing for a few years, but it really, really, really manifested itself around the time that my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And I think the reason for that being is that 
she didn't know that she had these underlying things going on with her. And I started to fear like, what if I have underlying things going on with me and I have no idea? I think that might be where it stemmed from, to be honest. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but it was very hard for me through that time. And I feel like I'm finally at a better place. And I think the better place I was in mentally, um, the better place I was with this certain obsession. And I also noticed that when my anxiety was bad with like school or anything, it would only get worse. Any time that I was feeling terrible for whatever reason, uh, I could, it could be a lack of sleep. I wouldn't be eating very well. Like I could not be eating enough. Um, or school was really getting me down and I was stressed out being on my computer too much. This obsession would get worse and worse and worse. And I got to a point where I had to go to, my doctor for, you know, an appointment. And I told her about this and I just started sobbing in, in her office. And I, I barely knew this doctor because she was, um, like filling in for my doctor for the day, whatever. And she was so comforting. And she was just like, are you speaking with someone? Like, do you see a therapist? And I'm like, no, but I really fucking should, shouldn't I? Cause I did when I was in college and it, it really, really helped. Um, and it was at that moment, this was back in August, where I really realized that I needed help for various reasons. I just was a caregiver for my mom for hmm, almost a year um, throughout my mom's entire cancer journey. Um, I was going through these sudden new obsessions with my own health-related things And I wasn't taking very good care of my body to begin with. I was eating foods that I was allergic to. I was not getting enough sleep. I was stressing out about school and work at the same time. And I just was not in a good space health-wise. And I needed to finally take charge of that. Unfortunately, even though I recognized this in August, I did not take charge of it. I would say until December, pretty much. Um, and in December, that's when I started making some active changes in my life. And I'm not perfect. I'm not there yet. But I'm talking about this because I would rather talk about it while I'm going through this journey of becoming a healthier person mentally and physically, rather than just come out on the other side and be like, this is how I did it, it was so easy, because it's not easy. It's not easy at all. I keep telling myself every single week that I'm going to find a good therapist for me and do it through Zoom every single week. And I've been saying that for months. And it's now the end of January. And I told myself this is something I would do back in August. It's not easy. I want to do it. But of course, it's hard. Um, You know, I told myself that I was gonna go again gluten-free because my doctors told me I needed to back in the eighth grade. And I was for four years and I felt great and I stopped and I feel like shit and I went back and I started eating gluten-free again back in November December I think and I fell off and I started eating things with gluten again because it was in front of me and I feel like shit it's inevitable it's not perfect um but like look at a plus my sleep is amazing. I'm sleeping like eight to nine hours a night, baby. I'm feeling great. My skin has never been healthier before. I'm trying to celebrate these wins of health in 
different ways, even if they might not seem like a big deal. Um, Something that I'm very, very self-conscious about personally, and it is usually a big indicator of health, is my hair. Um, I started getting made fun of for not having very thick hair, you know, back when I was in like, I don't know, like middle school or high school. And, And I'm not talking about like people would like make fun of me ruthlessly or anything like that. Um, but whenever I would like do a hairstyle and a girl with like beautiful, thick, curly hair, and there was one in specific, I was always very jealous of her hair. And she would always tell me, your hair is like one piece of my hair. Like all of your hair is like one strand of mine. And you know what? She was right. (laughs) She had beautiful hair and it was true. All of my hair was truly just a small section of hers. But that really did get me down because I always felt sick in in that sense because when you you associate thinner hair with sick people for some reason. Well, not for some reason because sometimes it can be an indicator of poor health. Sometimes, not always. Um, and so when I started losing hair again, um, I'm trying to remind myself that I heard a dermatologist say before that usually if you are losing your hair, um, it's because something traumatic or stressful happened to you three months prior. And it really fucking sucks when you kept getting bad news all of 2020, whether it was a pandemic or it was your mom getting cancer or other things to do with your mom's health or friend issues or whatever it was. It sucks because it's like, I'm going to be bald by the end of this. I decided to cut my hair really short like a month ago because I was like, I'm tired of seeing my hair get thinner and thinner. If I cut my hair short, it'll feel thicker. I'm going to start taking care of it. I'm going to start oiling my hair. I'm going to do all the necessary things. And it's gotten better. Um, And I'm going to celebrate that win. But, you know, it's still something that I'm insecure about. My point with this all is, is that I'm trying to look at the bright side of some of the things that I've been working on. Because it's not easy to just be this perfect, like, well-rounded, full-on healthy person in all aspects of your life. Um, And even if that means, um, you know, sometimes I have really bad days with my health and anxiety. Um, and, And some days I have really bad days with my eating and eating things that I really shouldn't because I'm allergic to them. Please, whenever I refer to, like, me eating things I'm not supposed to, I'm not talking about, like, that's a lot of calories. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to foods that are quite literally bad for me and my intestines. Um, But that's another topic that I could talk about is food. And, um, you know, I've suffered with disordered eating in the past and even recently. And so I can touch on that in a future podcast if anyone's interested on that and things that I'm I do to help and how I got a healthier relationship with food in general. Um, But yeah, I'm trying to be more intuitive with my body and my health. But um, I'm, I'm really starting to see that I am seeing the world just a little bit more colorful and happy, which makes me excited about my mental health. Like when I was in really depressive episodes, I remember seeing the whole world is almost gray like literally I know it's like not actually gray but I today I was just driving to go pick up pho for my family and I couldn't help but just smile like while I was driving and being like god 
I love this. I love being alive right now. I love that I, I, I get to get food that my family loves and nourish our bodies <laughs> and come home to my healthy mother and come home to myself who is working on her health to be a healthier version of me. And I'm really excited about this. And I love this. It's snowing. It's beautiful. It just made me happy. And I can feel myself being a happier person. I've been getting that comment a lot on my YouTube videos that I seem glowing or that I'm much happier. And that means so much to me. And I thank you for that because I feel like I am glowing more from within. And I don't feel like I'm that depressed person who I was all of last year hiding the health of my mom and all the struggles that I was going through. Um, and yeah, so I thank you for that. But speaking of which, talking about me taking my health a bit more seriously. Podcast exclusive. <laughs> um, because, oh no, 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 my Apple Watch. I'm not speaking to you. So sorry. But what is going on? I'm so sorry. Something just played the pitfall. Ignore that. Ignore me. Ignore me. I'm not a believer in editing of podcasts. I just simply don't believe in it. So if that's still in the podcast, it's because I don't believe in editing things out. This is all in one take, guys. This entire conversation is all in one take. You guys are probably like, yeah, I can tell. I, I don't know. I kind of like it. <laughs> um, but what I did want to talk about was a podcast exclusive that you guys get to hear right here first. Because if you listen to the podcast, you're a cool ass bitch. Thanks for listening to it. And if you watch my YouTube videos as well, well, then you get the inside scoop over here because you're a cool person who wants to listen to me talk for an hour straight. And because of that, you get private inside information on my life that otherwise you would find out on my YouTube channel within a week's time. So if you listened to last week's episode all the way through, at the very end, I asked you guys if you had any recommendations or suggestions, if you had Botox in your jaw for TMJ issues, migraine issues, all of that jazz. A little bit of a backstory if you don't know, I have chronic grind, well, it's not grinding, it's jaw clenching issues. I don't grind my jaw or grind my teeth. I quite literally just clench. At almost at all times. Like, I know I make that joke about unclenching your butthole all the time, but I can quite literally not unclench my jaw. Um, it's so bad that I cracked my night guard. There's holes in my night guard from me pressing down so hard. My bottom teeth have shifted, and I think I need Invisalign or braces because of the way that I was, I push my teeth back even during the day. Um, it's, it's gotten bad. It's gotten quite bad. I get migraines two to three times a week. Um, it, it's pretty bad. It's pretty, pretty bad. Um, I've gotten some suggestions from some people who have DM'd me and tried to give me some good advice. And I thank you for that, but I've tried them all. Unfortunately, I already tried going to the chiropractor, getting physical therapy done. It doesn't provide relief very easily. <laughs> like it's, it's, like one of those things that helps for maybe a day or two and, and not much longer than that. So I've been doing my research about jaw Botox. I've known about it. 
I know that Botox, immediately when people think of Botox, you think that it's only for cosmetic purposes. It's not. It actually, if you get it done in your TMJ and your master muscle, it essentially just weakens the muscle. Therefore, I can't clench as hard and I won't be anymore. Meaning that not only will I not be in pain, but I may also look different, which is very exciting for me. <laughs> me, a person who has obsessions with always looking different and I can't stand looking the same for longer than like 30 days. How riveting and exciting. Someone actually DM'd me the other day and told me that, wow, that looks painful after I took a selfie, which was quite hurtful that someone else noticed, but I get it. I may be a bit swollen. Maybe other people won't notice. I, I really want to go full in depth on this on my YouTube video that I will be posting uh, in about a week or so when I, you know, I get all the information and results that I want for this video. Um, but when you're listening to this on Monday, which is, you know, Monday, the day that the podcast comes out, the next day, Tuesday, is when I am getting Botox. <laughs> And I'm so excited. So I did a lot of research about this and I'm going to an amazing plastic surgeon. He's actually my mom's plastic surgeon who has helped with her reconstruction and everything. Um, and I had a great conversation with him about it. And he grabbed my jaw <laughs> and he grabbed my jaw and he told me to clench and he said, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is oh my god. And then he paused and he goes, your master muscle is thick. So that was one of the most relieving and validating things that I've heard in a long time, which goes back to my last point about getting doctors who are validating your feelings, um, because I went through a lot when I was younger of not getting doctors who were validating what I was feeling, telling me that I was lying or that I was exaggerating or that people had it worse. It's not a good feeling to have. And the fact that a plastic surgeon who is wonderful and amazing and has helped my mom so much, and I trust this man because evidently he does a very good job at what he does, uh, to tell me that my issue is very real was a very, very validating thing to hear. And I, I love that man. I would kiss him if I could, but I won't because COVID and he also has a wife. Um, but anyway, uh, it, it was a very good feeling and I'm excited to go full in depth in my YouTube video about it. But um, yeah, we decided that it would be a great option for me and it should help with my migraines. And additionally, I was looking at photos of myself from a few years ago and I do look different. Um, and sometimes it does affect me a little bit mentally. Uh, and I, I don't want to like emphasize too much on the whole like looks aspect because I don't want someone to ever look at me and be like, oh, Nicole looks like me. And then me being like, oh, I hate the way that I look or th this it doesn't make me happy. And then someone feeling upset about themselves, if that makes sense. I never want that. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that there is a difference in the way that I look, especially my jaw area. Uh, I am swollen and inflamed as my doctor is saying. Um, and I'm just not at a great point with my, with my jaw right now. And so I would like 
for myself to feel more comfortable not only not having migraines and being in pain all the fucking time, but additionally feeling more comfortable when I look in the mirror and knowing that I'm not a swollen mess who is only getting more swollen. What feels like as the months go by, um, and yes, I'm very excited for this and I literally have not shut up about it all week. Like when I found out that I was able to get this and that it would work for me, I was like elated. When I made the appointment, I was like, this is going to be the best fucking hundred, few, few hundred dollars that I'm going to spend. But anyway, stay tuned for my YouTube video that I will be posting within the next week or so about my whole experience. Um, the cost of everything, the procedure itself, finding a doctor, all that good stuff. Because I'm not a very informational YouTube channel, but this is something that I'm just so excited about, especially if you've been watching me for a while. You know, I talk about my night guard way too much, um, and that puppy is destroyed. But this all kind of ties in together about taking your health a bit seriously, um, because I actually like when I was in the plastic surgeon's office it was my mom's appointment but I was like you know what maybe I won't bring it up today like maybe I won't schedule a consultation or an appointment like maybe I just will push it off for another few months and how dare I do that to myself how dare I push off something that will improve my quality of life for another few months for for the sake of what why would I do that if I have migraines weekly. Do you know how painful migraines are, Nicole? If you have migraines that often and you're suffering and your quality of life is diminishing, why would you not do something to fix it? Why would you not pay a few hundred dollars out of pocket because your insurance won't cover it? Why would you not do that if it will benefit you and make you happier and healthier. And it's something that old Nicole would not have done similarly to the whole therapist thing. Me being like, well, someone else could use the resources instead. And I, I don't want to, you know, take that away from someone like my problems aren't as bad or my problems aren't as worse or I don't need medication. Like I can just deal with this myself. And it, I realized that no, Nicole, you, you do need to take charge of your health. There is no problem too small, too big. Oh no, my best friend texted me. Oh, my best friend texted me. Oh no. I'm going to say it on the podcast because no one's listening. Um, well, my best friend better not be listening. She said, I shouldn't sext boys, right? And I, she needs to hold on until the podcast is over please don't sext boys until I'm done with the podcast. Jesus. <laughs> um, but my point is, is that that kind of mentality is so negative for obvious reasons. I don't need to further explain that. But I want someone listening to this podcast episode today to finally make that call to their doctor and schedule that appointment that they've been putting off or, you know, finally taking charge and being like, you know what, this food does make me feel like shit. I, I am either allergic to this or sensitive to this and I know what's not making me feel good. I am going to cut this out finally. Um, I am going to frequently go to my therapy visits. I'm going to stop avoiding going to the doctors. Um, because I I know what it feels like to feel so stuck and feel like, oh, well, someone has it worse. Or even the whole like health anxiety thing. 
I know how shitty it feels um, to be seen as like a hypochondriac or seen as, oh, you're obsessive and crazy. And even in the time of COVID, oh my God, I feel for all of us right now who are in that same boat. Um, And yeah, I know that this podcast was heavily related on my own experiences um, and, you know, giving advice, but I didn't feel like it was appropriate for me to like, be like, send me your health questions that you need advice on because I'm obviously not a medical professional. And the only thing that I can say is I hope that maybe one of you relate to one of the stories that I had to say today and that you could relate to it slightly and realize like, okay, it's time to get help. And if Nicole Raffi can take a stand, even though she's a stubborn ass bitch, and finally uh, get herself the help, help that she needs for her her jaw or her mental health or anything else, then you know what? Maybe I can too. So that, ladies, is um, my podcast episode today on why you need to take a stand for your health and reclaim that bitch and be the best version of you for yourself. Um, also to, you know what, be be there around for the ones who love you in the future because I, especially after everything that happened in the last year with my family, it only makes me want to take care of myself better so that in the future um, I can be around for my family and be healthy and be strong and be the best that I can be. But of course, you know, things come up and you don't have control of everything, but we can try. Can't we, ladies? We can try. <laughs> I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast episode that you guys enjoyed my rambling about, um, you know, how much I love my new plastic surgeon. I love saying that. I, I think it's so cool. I think it's so cool being like, yeah, my plastic surgeon <laughs> makes me feel great. I feel like an official YouTuber now. God. But anyway, I'm excited for the hate comments that are going to come from the 40-year-old men on that video. You fake plastic bitch, you got Botox at the age of 21. Yeah, I did, Jerry. And so what? What about it? Anyway, hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you did, leave a rating and review um, on Apple Podcasts because you can do that. And I do like reading them because they do make me very happy. Um, also, Jake and I, we like to read them on our podcast as well, which comes out on Tuesdays. Um, it's just, I saw your tweet, are you okay? But if you are following this podcast, then you will automatically be able to see every single updated podcast episode for Jake and I's episode on Tuesdays. But let me read a review from the ratings and review. This is from Kenzie, baby. Nicole, you are doing great. Please don't ever feel bad for taking a break. It's okay, and the real ones will always come back to listen. Can't wait for new episodes and the new pod with Jake starting tomorrow. Thank you so much, Kenzie, baby. That is so kind. I love all your messages whenever you guys are like, take a break. We won't be mad. It's very validating, and I love it so much. And thank you for being reasonable human beings who also see me as a human being because that is the best feeling in the world when I'm seen as a human being and not a commodity because I see every single person who listens to this podcast as or even the videos or anything as a real human being and not a number or a follower or a commodity or any of that. So anyway, hope that you guys enjoyed. If you want to follow me on my social media, it's just at Nicole Raffi on everything. And on my TikTok is at Nikki Nasty. Um, and I need to go though, because um, supposedly my friend is 
trying to sext boys and I need to talk her out of it. So anyway, thank you. Peace and blessings. Good night. Be safe. Don't sex boys. Bye-bye.